We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Andy Lou, are you more upset that the Warriors lost, or are you happy that it happened? Uh, are you are you more impressed that they kept in the game, but they fought back from down, uh, was it 24 at one point? Or are you more annoyed that once they got up, they still got this? I, I am extremely not upset with this game. I'm actually happy about this game. For the first time, and uh, maybe it's like maybe it's because I took a week plus off, Sam, off of locker room. But I'm feeling good about tonight's game. If you had told me that this is how the Warriors would be losing games this season, uh, I would be well. It depends. Steph didn't play tonight, but for a game that Steph didn't play, I got what I needed out of this game, which was see some stuff from Jordan Poole, see some stuff from James Wiseman, see more than I thought from Nico Mannion, right? Um, see stuff from Kelly Oubre that told me the, okay, Gen Z core? the, Gen, the next Steph Clay and uh, Draymond. Like I saw enough stuff from, from guys that I think should be on this team and should play minutes that I'm happy with them not winning the game. They're not, they weren't going to win tonight anyway. So I think if you expected them to win tonight's game and you were angry about that, you know, it's probably not fair if they lost tonight to the magic, then I think it'd be fair to be angry. Yeah. So let's, let's start there. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, they made it a more competitive game than I was expecting. Uh, we have to start with this. The news that Steph is out at least a week, pretty disappointing because I kind of I kind of figured he was going to sit first Philly uh, and they were going to take the L. But then, you know, he'd be back against Sacramento and Atlanta on Thursday and Friday, and that was going to be an opportunity for them to get two wins and kind of catapult some momentum. Now we know that, at best, we're getting Steph next Monday against Chicago, and that's not even a given. So that's with all that frustration, I don't think losing to Philly is a big deal. Now it's a question of can they even win one game against Sacramento in Atlanta without Steph Curry, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think both are, are winnable. Well, Sacramento, I think, is a lot more winnable than Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, they're kind of a mess, but they actually win. They've actually been winning. Um, even, though even though they're trying to, even though they're trying to trade people, which is which is crazy, right? And then they got a new coach and everything. But, um, but like that game, you can kind of see like Trey Young's probably going to score like forty points on them, and, and the Warriors don't have enough offense. But um, I think looking at the next next few games, um, it's really it's God. I hate to do this, but like for me, the most important part is like let's see how James. I'm glad James Wiseman played tonight in crunch time. Uh, it looked awful, so let's, but like, let's, what do you expect? Let's but I'm happy. There. Yeah, yeah. let's start there. I agree with you. Um, so as long as Steph is out and they're kind of in this 
I don't want to call it purgatory, but like they're neither contending nor tanking. Um, it's kind of a weird state, you know, everything's about development and what players can contribute next year when hopefully everyone's healthy and they have a better roster. So let's start with James Wiseman. I personally thought he had a horrendous first half. I was actually very encouraged by the way he bounced back in the second half. And then in crunch time, he reminded us that he was a rookie. <laughs> yeah, he had a uh, a very 19-year-old basketball game. Although he's going to be 20 by the end of this month. So so we can't do the 19-year-old anymore. Not a teen anymore. Um I I thought the first half was bad only because he's kind of put in situations where he's going to be bad. Like, if you told me that James Wiseman wants those post-ups, then I'll probably tell you that, all right, like, let, let's let's get this guy, like, like let's get this guy some coaching, right? Like, 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 let's really get him figured out to tell him that, hey, you shouldn't be posting up at least right now in your career unless unless you're unless you've shown you're that good. But to me, it's like, you can't, you can't do that every single game. You, it just can't. It can't be a thing. It can't. The post up. Yeah, I'm not. I, I it, wouldn't. It can't, it's I wouldn't gotta be go. surprised if he wanted to post up. Honestly, you're right. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, "I got this, guys." And um, with that said, yeah, I, I would like to see a little more direction in his play. Whether yeah. it's on him or the coaching staff, I just feel like. Do Do you have an idea of what the war? Let, let's take this back a step. Do you have an idea of what the Warriors want to do with him? Because when I watch Jordan Poole. I at least know what they want to do with him, whether it's the right thing or not. I at least know they want him to run off screens and do kind of a hybrid poor man, Steph Clay impression. Uh, with with um, James Wiseman, Big Jim, uh, Jimmy the Wise Guy. That's my new Jimmy one the Wise Guy is a great one. It's <laughs> a great one. I don't even know uh, if they've figured out what role they want him to play. Do they want him to post up? Do they want him to be a pick and roll? big man do they want him to be a pick and pop big man do they want him to be a guy who just runs dribble handoffs into eternity uh do they want him to be andrew bogut like there's a million different ways to use him and i don't think they've settled on one developmental pattern with him and i think that actually might be holding him back like maybe just settle on like having him do two to three things really well and then work on expanding from there yeah, the two to three two to three things that I think he could do really well is is really like you said, face up, shoot a three. If you don't shoot a three, take a drive, go right to the basket, right? Those are the two things. That's what he should be doing off the dribble. If not, right, then it's a screen pick and roll, and he either picks or sorry, he either rolls or he pops, right? Just very simple stuff. No need to run him off a screen, no need to do a back screen, no need to run the motion offense. But again, like that's their identity, right? Like, and that works, and that's working for Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole had a, had a very special um, give and go and finish, like classic. Like that's how Steph Curry looks. Like that's what he excels at. Um, but that's not to say that Jordan Poole can't play in the type of offense that you can build for James Wiseman. And I think it's worth it to think about building an offense for James Wiseman, even though he's young. But he is the guy that you want to build for the next ten years, and if that's the case, I think it's fair to say let's build some packages. If Wiseman's in, let's put in an offense that makes sense for him for six minutes at a time. I agree. I mean, even if they were, even if it wasn't Wiseman, and they got one of these bigger name big men, the only big man in the league who could just fit into Steve Kerr's offense is probably Nikola Jokic, right? Like everyone else would require a bunch of adaptation. Maybe not as much as what we're asking for Wiseman, but... Um, it's a bonus if you count them, but yeah. Every white sure. every white big, pretty much. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they needed to... They need to kind of figure out what they want to do with Wiseman. Like it's... It's just a little frustrating to see that like there's no development goals there's like we just want you to do everything feel it out like it's a Montessori style basketball where they're like we just want you to feel out what you like and then excel at it when you figure it out and it's like all right I get it but is that really benefiting anyone here is that is that helping James Wiseman is that helping Steph Curry is that helping you know it's at some point they got to make some decisions it's harder for a big to feel that out too, though. Like bigs are just inherently like you don't get the ball in your hands. At least with Nico, it's like even if you look at Nico Mannion, who doesn't? I, I wouldn't say he has incredible feel, but he, he's pretty good. Like he understands he's, the game. He's a point guard. He's yeah. he's been a point guard his whole life. You can tell. 
Yeah, and, and like it's easier for him to acclimate to the NBA at least offensively and running a system because like that's all he's ever done, and, and immediately that's all he does at the NBA level, right? With Wiseman, it's like he can just not have the ball for like five possessions, and it's like not really his fault. Like, I, I don't know. Like, do you want him to be the kind of guy like that where it's just you know we just watch the other guy that he played, Tony Bradley, or like Tony Bradley, like dime a dozen, right? Literally dime a dozen guy. And that's kind of the argument is do you just have him be like Tony Bradley or like Rudy Gobert, dime a dozen guy on offense? Just stands around, gets oops, and uh, exactly this isn't the dunk. Sets screens, nothing else. Simple. Yeah. Yep. Do you do you do that with Wiseman to start his career? Because you know, if you're me, I think like the guy's got a pretty sweet handle. Like it's not like he's doing KD crossovers, but like, but like the dude can handle better than like 99 percent of bigs in the league. I would say. You know what I mean? Like for a seven one guy, it's crazy. Special. Yeah. Crazy, right? Like it's like Blake Griffin. Like Blake Griffin's not doesn't have a great, great handle, but like it's nice. And and Blake's like a four, kind of like a small ball five kind of guy. Like it's like that. And it's like you kind of can't put him in that Tony Bradley kind of Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert kind of thing if you want him to grow more than that. But I think what you're saying is you start with that and then you get with the rest. I don't know. They got to figure that out though, right? Like I don't know. He, he, he can't shoot those post ups. That's for sure. That's the, those post ups have got to go. That's the number one thing. And, and just to end the Wiseman segment here, like I, I just think they haven't d- decided what they want to do with him at this point. And that's slowly kind of working to his detriment. Cause at least with the other rookies, Lonzo's, a, or, sorry, wow, Lamelo is a point guard. They know what they want to do with him. They know, you know, they want the ball in his hands, let him make plays, let him play off of others. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a pure scorer off the wing. They're using him in set role. And, you know, he's up and down, but at least they know what they want to do with him. With Wiseman, we're still kind of feeling it out. We're 50 games in, sorry, 44 games in. And it's still unclear what path they want to take with him. And on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, I just think you need to kind of commit to something. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. All right, let's... Well, let's keep this moving. Other takes on the game. Do Kelly Oubre, is it impossible for Kelly Oubre and Wiggins to play good in the same game together? Like, is that in the, is that in the contract? It's like, you know, like you can have both these players, but they're not allowed to play well at the same time. You know what? I, you know who I'm going to, you know, who I'm going to blame today since people get all pissy when I start talking about Steve Curry, you know, whose fault is it because of that? I think it is Sam. It's Draymond Green. You You can't, you can't, those two guys with Wiggins and Ubre, they're not that great off the ball that they can score consistently off the ball, right? Like they just can't play like that off the ball. If they're having a good night, they need the ball in their hands. And then they have to, if they're in the rhythm, they need the ball in their hands. So just by, just, just off the fact, just off the fact that they just can't both have the same amount of touches to get to play well with Draymond on the team, it's, it's, I just, it just can't happen. I think it just can't happen. I like it. This is an interesting point. You're saying because of the amount of touches Draymond necessitates uh, by being the point czar, uh, <laughs> one of them is always going to be out of rhythm. Yeah, right? Like, I don't even know if, like, it's a – it's not a great thing, but it's like I, I don't think Ubre and Wiggins either – like, I don't think they demand those amount of touches. But it's like when they when they, when they're good enough to demand the touches, you still have Draymond there, and he's just a big old – just a blob of zero, like a dark hole. And he's just he just needs to touch a ball and he has to run the offense and and I'm just sitting there looking at Wiggins and Ubre just standing in the corner kind of clueless and I do I blame them kind of like I don't know if you can yeah, that, fix I mean, that. that's that's one of the things that makes Clay Thompson special I know it's been like two presidential cycles since we've seen Clay Thompson play <laughs> but um, Clay is one of the only players I've ever seen who can go just like quarters without touching the ball and then just score 20 points. That's not how most people function, you know? And um, sometimes you take that for granted when you see more traditional wings play who, yeah, the rhythm gets messed up if they're not touching the ball on a consistent basis a little more. So that's kind of, that's kind of something I go in there. I wanted to ask you this. All right. Um, the player I think it's closest compared to Draymond, and I don't even think it's a great comp, is Ben Simmons. Because they're both kind of like point guards, but they're not really point guards. They're power forwards. They both guard one through five. Everyone's talking about Ben Simmons being defensive player of the year candidate this year. Um, 
we get the classic Ben Simmons or Rudy Gobert debate. Like, didn't we go through this with Draymond or Rudy Gobert? But like, we both know we'd rather have Ben Simmons in the playoffs for defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to ask you, how far apart do you think Draymond and Ben Simmons are as players? Where are you comparing the two at this point? Right, right now, today. Oh, oh, today. I mean, Draymond's a better defender. Like, if you put him in a playoff series, like Draymond's a much better defender, um, especially at the rim. Um, and, and maybe Ben Simmons is better on the wing, but like it's Draymond's on another level when it's playoff time. But the offense, like you see Ben Simmons tonight, like he's not scared to shoot free throws, even though he can't. Um, he's not scared to shoot that. He half- did take 14 tonight, which was weird. Uh, but I, I don't insane. know. But that, like he's also, I don't know that he goes that hard to the rim in a playoff series. I don't know that he's like that confident to take those free throws in a big game either. Maybe it's because Embiid's out. You know, maybe like it's that too. I don't know. Like, and he, he has that like ha- ugly ass half hook shot that goes in. Like he goes to the hole. Like, like that's like. Like here's the thing. Like Draymond's a negative on offense. Like, and I don't care about the passing. The passing's whatever to me. He's an absolute negative, right? And and Ben Simmons is actually like decent on offense. Like he can actually score thirty points if you give him the Draymond defense. So I rat. I mean, is it not objectively that Ben Simmons is better? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like uh, Draymond is definitely the smarter team defender, um, and. That's not an insult to anyone. I don't know that anyone other than LeBron James can compare to Draymond IQ-wise on defense. Um, but I just wanted to make that comparison because I'm, I'm like wondering how far apart they are as players. And the, the less Draymond is scoring the ball, the farther apart they get. Because Ben wasn't particularly efficient tonight. He still had 22 points. Yep. He still got to the rim when he wanted to. And he was still a factor there. And it, by the way, shout out our guy Fitz, who's like, is there another player like Ben Simmons in the league? He's so unique with how he doesn't shoot the ball. And I'm just like laughing to myself, like, yeah, we're gonna pretend we're gonna pretend this isn't a thing we watch every night with Draymond. Okay, let's see. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like 22 points and not efficient and stuff like that. It's like, and then what do we do? What do we get with Draymond tonight? What he done usually? I mean, that, that's part of like the you know, some of the criticism that we've had, I've had this whole season. It's just, you know, no matter how great he's looked, especially defensively, and he drags his defense to be a top five defense. But but the offense is just, man, like we're not asking for much out there. But I think overall, Sam, I mean, I, overall, I was pretty happy with, with what I saw from most of the guys. I mean, we're going to get to some callers here, but I, I do want to mention uh, um, Kelly Oubre was nice tonight. He looked like he was a does, – does Kelly actually – I may want to make this last topic. Maybe somebody want to ask them. Do you think Kelly Uber is a playoff player? Big game, Kelly. Like, I don't know if Andrew Wiggins is like, I, I kind of just am thinking like, he's just, I kind of given up on that part. Like he'll have some nice games. I don't think he'll play a playoff player, but like, do you think Kelly Uber can be that guy? Maybe not consistently great, but I think he'd be a very good playoff role player, um, especially coming off the bench for, for clay. I could see it. I, I, he's fearless. Uh, I'll tell you this. I can't see Kelly Uber being a guy who gets shook in the moment. Yeah. Um, the same the same shots he misses in the regular season are the shots he'll miss in the playoffs. The same shots he makes in the regular season are the shots he'll make in the playoffs. Like, I don't see him as a guy who will get shook. I'll yep. put it that way. Like, do I think he's going to shoot 40? 40- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 5% from three in the playoffs? No, but he doesn't do it on the regular season either, right? So, yep. it yep. kind of is what it is with him. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think uh, he he has the type of passion. He just he just he just plays hard, man. Like that's that's the stuff I love about Uber. We'll see here. We've got we've got a trade deadline coming up, so you guys make sure to check out the regular podcast. We talked about who we liked between um, Depot and and some of the other guys, right? That are on the on the market right now. So, but uh, should we get to some calls? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to some callers here. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LightEars and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightEars and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightEars. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Let's get some goons on. Who do we got? we start with Omar. Omar, what's up, my man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just make one quick comment on the Wiseman situation, and then I'll ask a question. So on Wiseman, I'm, it's a little frustrating tonight. I thought he had a good bounce-back game, but, like, thematically over the course of the season, it's a bit hard, like, knowing, you know, we started with him starting, and it was kind of like a feel him out, you know, we're committed to, like, developing him. And then he gets taken out. Now, 30 games later, he's starting again, but like nothing's changed. And it's just, it just, you know, makes, it just makes the whole season frustrating because you're at like 45 games now, you know, you can't use the excuse of 20 games or whatever. And I think that's really just the core frustration for everybody, at least for myself. It's just a lack of clarity about what this is all about. But um, to get to my question, um, Regarding trade deadline stuff, one name that uh, I didn't expect to be floated around but did come about is uh, Malcolm Brogdon on Indiana. And <laughs> I like the fit. Like, uh, kind of crazy that he's being, you know, they're taking conversations on him. Um, I'm, I'm like, super high on him as a fit, you know, with our backcourt, with just the team ethos, um, you know, insurance for Clay. I'm just wondering, is that somebody that you would trade the Minnesota pick for? Um, if it if it came to it, ooh, that is that is an interesting ooh. question because my response to you was going to be, I think Brogdon's more just because he's being floated doesn't mean he's going to be cheap. Um, hmm. Andy, would you trade him? He, he gets pick? twenty million. Yeah, yeah. So, Ma- Malcolm so Brogdon is an incredible fit with the Warriors. I mean, Steve Kerr is, would be so happy with Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's an ex- he's an excellent player. But yeah, let, okay. So off the top of my head, we're we're talking about trading Ubre's expiring, uh, some sort of filler, uh, you know, like Pascal. Yeah, and God forbid uh, Wanamaker. You know, I know you guys would be sad about that one. Um, and then obviously they're doing it because they want the Wolves pick. Are you willing to give up the Wolves pick for Malcolm Brogdon, Andy? I think if you... Uh, it's tough, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm whiplashing because like in my head, all I think about the Wolves pick is like trading it for Giannis or yeah. uh, Bradley Beal or someone like... But like realistically, I, Malcolm Brogdon's probably more in line with what you can get for it. Well, let, 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 let me put it this way. Um, first of all, his nickname is the president, which is, which is hilarious because Steve Kerr is, is, a, is a politician. Um, and then he is 28 years old. He is kind of a combo guard. He's a great – he's actually a much better offensive player like, than when he started his career. I would ask you this. So if the Warriors keep the Minnesota pick and they got the fourth pick and for some reason Jalen Suggs falls, is Jalen Suggs ceiling that much higher than Malcolm Brogdon right now? I hope so. 
but Malcolm Brogdon is damn good, right? Like, is, I, I can't, is, like his, is his ceiling? Can I say something? Is Jalen? You you absolutely can't. But I was going to say, is is Jalen Suggs going to be better than Malcolm Brogdon in the next three years? No, no, no. That's that's fair too. All right, sorry for so cutting my, you off. My take on, my on this inside. is, I kind of just looked yep. at I looked at his stats, you know, today because it's not like I'm watching Indiana games all day every day, and it's kind of nuts to me. Like you know, he went from you know scoring ten points a game when he first started, he's up to like twenty points a game. You know, like consistent, like 39% shooter, you know, on volume, defends well. He just kind of like, you know, when you talk about Suggs, I'm like, um, I, I don't know if, yeah, I, I'm just like super high on him personally. Um, I think, you know, people still think about the guy who ran away from Milwaukee to go play in Indiana that nobody watches that much. And he's pretty good. Um, I'd probably do it. But yeah, interesting conversation, at least. I agree with you. It is interesting. And by the way, we appreciate you coming on, Omar. Um, that's that's a tough one, though, right? I think, you know, like, I think end of the day, like, here's the thing, though, like, the Warriors wouldn't do it. I, I think that ends all discussions, um, which is kind of unfair because that's a great question. The Warriors wouldn't do it. But Brogdon left because he wanted a higher offensive role and actually excelled. Like, how often does that happen? Right? Like, that's that's nuts that his, his efficiency kind of just stayed the same and went up despite the fact that he played more. I, Sam, I think I'd do it, I guess. I think I'd do it. I, I think so too. Let's move we'll on keep, to the next we'll <laughs> Alex, what's going on, man? How's it going, guys? That's good. What you got for us? So I feel as if as frustrating as it's gonna be, it seems so unlikely they're gonna be able to do anything with not being able to move either this year or next year's pick until they know what's gonna happen. In terms of does that go to OKC? Do they have the you know Minnesota second or that pick in the first to move? And it just, I think that's a way more intriguing asset if you have that kind of at the back end of the first round to pair with things. And since you have no access to it, it's just going to make it impossible for them to do anything at the deadline. If you do something at you know draft night, that's a different story. But I feel like that handcuffs them a bit. That's a good point. That's actually something I brought up on the last podcast. Um, I'm not particularly optimistic that they're going to make a huge trade, you know, um, on Thursday. So basically the next, what, uh, 48 hours, right? Um, I, I don't see a, a route in which they can because, like, everything regarding their picks is going to be undecided until we know kind of – you know, where, where the standings end, how the lottery balls fall, all that sort of stuff. So that's why I was kind of in, intrigued by the um, Bogdan Bogdanovich rumors, because maybe that one doesn't require all those picks or anything. But I do think you're right. Like any sort of big move that requires moving future picks or the Wolves well, pick, like it's probably not happening in the well, next two days. Well, Sam, what do you think about this? Because this, this is a quote that he just said, um, Steve Kerr, quote, about Kelly Oubre uh, heading into the deadline from from our guy Slates. Not an easy position to be in, but this is how it works. This is the NBA classic. He's got an expiring deal, plays a position of need. He's athletic and long. He's coveted. He's definitely coveted. What do you think about that? And he also said in the later quote, hey, we'll see what happens. Right? To end the quote. He basically said he's coveted, blah, blah. He's done a, he's done a great job handling everything. We'll see what happens. I don't know. That That's... That's a that, little. That, sound, that sounds like a guy who's in trade talks, uh, you, right? That's a little like it, it sounds to me like Steve's basically saying like, "Hey, come get this guy," right? Like that's one, and also like he's also not shutting down the like, right? Like it is very curious that he brought that up. That is a very fascinating quote. It, and to me, it kind of feels like it seems way more likely that they would do something that doesn't require adding additional assets to a player like Ubre where you flip Uber who has an expiring this year for somebody you have, you know, two, three, four years of control if you can pull it off somehow. But it seems maybe more likely it's like a salary match and let's just get the guy who we can keep with this core for four years, you know, luxury tax be damned, which I'm all for. Joe Lacob, spend all of your money on this goddamn team. Sure. Yep. Please. Shout out. Not, shout you're, out uh, you're not crying for. Yeah, no. Shout out Joey, Joey Lightyears. Appreciate you, Alex. Um, I, I agree with you. Uh, that is actually the type of move I think would happen, which is like, 
all right, Uber is going to be a free agent. We're hearing rumblings that he thinks he can get a, uh, a big time contract. And um, maybe the Warriors don't want to give Kelly Oubre a hundred million over four years or something, you know, like that. that so maybe, maybe they want to trade him for a guy that they know they can control that they have under contract for three more years. Like um, the Bogdan Bogdanovich rumor made total sense to me because it was like, he's kind of not fitting in at Atlanta, but he's a good player. Right. Uh, and he's locked up for three, four years. So it's just a question of if Joey wants to pay that tax. Right. Yep. Yep. When you in our last podcast, we didn't talk about bogey. So um, we can get the next guy on Sam, but uh, yeah, bogey would be a good fit. I he doesn't have, I don't know if he has the upside that kind of like Ubre has, I think that especially defensively, um, he doesn't have to length. Definitely, it, definitely not. Yeah. But yeah. damn, he's good on offense. Like, just for this team, he's good on offense. Like, good shooter, I mean, playmaker, handler, right? Like, he's just a perfect kind of wing it guy. Just, it's just going to be so nice if they could add another uh, player can shoot off the dribble. Uh, so, uh, hey, Jamil, what is up, man? What's up with Draymond Green? He always asks for the ball at the wrong time, like, in crunch time. Like, Poole is cooking. Like, was it? Yeah, in Memphis, Poole is cooking. He just asks for the ball and just um, does a layup and misses it. Uh, tonight, um, he does the same thing again and forces. He's not even looking at the rim. He's not even looking at the rim. He forces a pass to Ubre. They come down and hit a three. Then he gets a tag. Oh, how about this? Um, what do you think about, about Aaron Gordon for Kelly Ubre? <laughs> I like how the uh, I like how the conversation turned from. Were you talking about Draymond? Because you cut yeah, off a little bit there. Yeah, you were was, talking about Draymond, and then went straight to Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andy, do you think the so we've seen? It sounds like Aaron Gordon's getting traded, but I feel yeah. like I've heard that four trade deadlines in a row. Um, but the Warriors' no, I, name is always mixed in there. Like I'll say this: uh, the, the Warriors' name is not mentioned in every player's uh, trade talks. It's always mentioned with Aaron Gordon. Do you feel confident that they're going to actually make a play for him? I think if Aaron Gordon was a free agent, that he might, he like the Warriors would be top one or two on his free agent list. Um, but I think that Aaron Gordon may require too many pieces. Like, I think there's this idea that Aaron Gordon can still be an all star player. Uh, and his contract's not horrific. Like, it's not Andrew Wiggins' contract. So I think he, you may need, like, a first or two first. I don't know if the Warriors go that far for him. To me, um, to me I don't think they re-signed Oubre because, I don't know, he might be asking for too much. Right. Yeah, like 25, 20 million. I don't know. Well, it, that's, that's an interesting thing. No one knows what he's asking for. Like, we've all heard about, like, Oladipo wanting – kind of money in line with the player he was pre-injury more than the guy who's been the last year or so. Uh, but, but Ubre, it's, it's not like anyone's leaking out here. Like Ubre wants a max or something like that. But like, there's kind of rumblings. Uh, I think Zach Lowe reported it mentioning like Ubre's agent thinks he's going to get high end oh. money in this market. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of tough because I, I love Ubre as a player, but like, it's kind of like the Wiggins thing. You like him at this price. You might not love him at the uh, the 30 mil a year price. Uh, last question. What, what do y'all think about Wiseman defensively? Work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, look, look. I, the Wiseman defense is uh, he. I will say this. Uh, he looks like he's actually allowed to play defense the way he likes to play defense. So it, it, there were a few times earlier this season that he spent time literally putting his hands up halfway, and then the guy would just drive drive right past him because he was trying not to foul. I have not oh. seen that. I did not see that today. So the standards may not be high, Jamil, but I, I think <laughs> if you just if you just let if they just let him play defense, you know, see what happens, man. Let the guy play some defense, and uh, he had a few nice he had a few nice side help side blocks that yeah yeah you know I'll take it. Yeah, appreciate good. appreciate you, right. Jamil. Thank you. Man. I do actually think Andy, that's a great point. Um, I like the fact that they let him play through his mistakes tonight. Like yeah. the the biggest thing has been like it feels like anytime he makes a bad defensive place, they pull him off the court, and it's like 
obviously he's going to make mistakes. Just let him play through it a little bit. Like, it's not like, you know, like, okay, you bring Looney in, he makes the right rotation, whatever. It's not like that's leading to wins either. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, if he makes mistakes. And so I would, that's why I was like kind of happy. Look, you know, if, if Steph played this game and they choked it away, I would be furious. But we're getting a, you know, I'm trying to get trying to good, good locker room today. All right, who do we go? Oh, you got Ryan next. What's up, guys? Ryan, what's up, man? I just have two quick questions. Um, my first one is, are you happy with Wiggins' play? Define happy. I mean, because this wasn't this is exactly what we wanted, right? Before the season, we want him if he's the same player offensively, fine. But like, we want him to be very good defensively, and he has been. So, are you happy with Wiggins' play? I think so. <laughs> I think I, I I'm I'll go first. Sorry, Andy. Um, this is like B plus. Like this is uh, this is above what I was expecting from him. Um, so, so I'll take it. I guess. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've been talking all 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 the time, Sam. <laughs> so good call. But um, you know, it's like the same thing. It's like if you told us before the season at the All Star break that the Warriors would be a game or two over five hundred, you you kind of take it. But if you watch every game, Ryan, it's kind of annoying. And now that we've mm-hmm. watched forty four games of Andrew Wiggins with Steph and Draymond and these guys, like it's a, it's a little frustrating that a guy that's six seven. Uh, with that bounce and that quickness is shooting step back tall footers in crunch time uh, against a team that has no rim protection and, and really like outside of Ben Simmons, really not know any, like, like Matisse Tybo wasn't guarding. He's, he's right. not, he's not a fan of contact that much. I can tell you I've watched <laughs> enough Wiggins to know that that's probably not happening. Yeah. So that's where the frustration comes in. And then, um, my second question was, have the last two draft classes made you more confident? Like, the development of the team because I know everyone likes to shit on the Warriors development team, which is fair enough. But besides Smiley, I think everyone in the draft is a legit NBA player. Poole, Pascal, Wiseman, Nico. Nico, yeah. Maybe. I we don't know. I, I I think I think there's there's room to be we don't know that yet like I, I think like these guys are playing in the NBA <laughs> and they have some moments that they're good in the NBA but I, I don't know if like if they're gonna be good in the NBA I don't think any of those guys are good in the NBA right Jordan put a good week in the NBA but uh, as far as I'm concerned he's not an NBA player until he's actually like he's good for the rest of the season objectively good but like it's those guys are young so I guess you kind of can't judge um, on it yet but but again, it's like the James, the the Jacob Evans ones, right? The the ones before those are less. Those are because it's been years, right? So who knows with the guys that they just drafted? TK seems to think that the next Steph Clay and Draymond, though. Sam, so. <laughs> I appreciate you, Ryan. By the way, uh, thanks for asking the question. I'm with you. I need to see more from Pool before I'm ready to go there. Like Pool is now interesting to me. I'll just say that he he is playing very interesting basketball. Wiseman. It's a different question at this point, but it's to be seen what they can do developmentally. Um, I just look at other teams that I don't see the same uh, kind of like whiplash effect game to game. But, you know, maybe maybe it's because we watch the Warriors a little more closely. <laughs> All right, let's keep this moving. So, Leo, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Yo, so I am a uh, I'm a big 76ers guy, diehard Philly fan. Uh, we're gonna be off of here. <laughs> well, I want to get I want to get your guys' perspective as not, you know, not 76ers fans. Like having watched the game tonight, do y'all think that we're legit contenders or we got another level to go? Appreciate it. So um Ooh. that is a great question. Um I don't think you can really judge Philly without a bead, right? Like they're definitely better than they were last year, but like for all intents and purposes, the Warriors just played them without the MVP candidate on their team, right? So I think they're better defensively. I think I'm really impressed with what Ben Simmons has uh, grown into defensively. Like the thing with Ben Simmons is people thought he was going to be LeBron. That's not happening. He's just turning into kind of a supercharged Draymond. And it seems like he's just leaning into that, right? Like he's, um, he's, you know, he he's kind of recognizing, like, I can be a defensive game changer or it can be a facilitator and a slasher. And I'm just going to do those things instead of trying to, you know, be LeBron or something like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I think they're a title contender just because I don't think there's any title contender, like true, like favorite champion right now. Like, AD and LeBron are hurt. Like, dude, by the time the playoffs come around, they, those guys might be a freaking playing team. Like, we, we have no idea. Um, they might play the Warriors in the playing game, right? And then the Brooklyn Nets, like, Katie hasn't played in like two years, as far as I'm concerned. Right, so who knows with with KD? So like, yeah, I would say the Sixers title contenders, but I would also ask, right, when was the last time the team won the title with a big man as the best player? Um, right, right. That's that's the other weird. That's the weird part. Like, and end of the day, they still have to go through and beat when it counts, and that's kind of weird. Yeah, in modern NBA, when you want the ball to be in a like perimeter ball handler's hands. Yeah, love and beat them. I mean, I like a lot of things about Philly, so I'll give him that. Antonio, what is up, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I kind of got like uh, two questions for you. So I'll start off with uh, my favorite player. Never gave up on him. Kind of gave up on him. Uh, Jordan Poole. So today, I feel like he had an up and down game. In the third quarter, he kind of slightly took over and he showed flashes. But also he struggled with, you know, Danny Green and Matisse Stiebel was giving him fits. Um, I was wondering, do you think, like, I don't know, he struggled a lot. He, he has to improve there. He had some tough finishes, but he also, you know, definitely got affected. Do we need to worry about that, like, against when you put a good kid physical with him? Or do you think he'll be fine? Because if he's in the six-man role, he won't have to deal with those type of defenders. I actually loved his game today because he did struggle with this shot. Yep, yep. And he didn't lose confidence. And for me, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see how he looked when he wasn't making everything because like it's easy to play with confidence when you're shooting like you know eight for 12 15 for 20 whatever it may be which is what he's doing last week it's different to play with confidence when you start the game like one for seven which i think is what he did and um he played the exact same way and that's like to me that's the mark of a player who's mature because like Look, we've all watched a bazillion Steph Curry, Clay Thompson games. One thing you can't accuse Steph or Clay of is like slunking their shoulders or playing differently when they miss shots. Like Steph's acting the exact same way, whether he's nine for 10 or one for 10, for, the, for better or worse, from the field. So I was very encouraged by Jordan Poole's game. He's going to have bad shooting nights. That's the thing that happens. But, you know, the confidence means confidence about everything else. Yeah. That's good to see. And then my other question was, I mean, it's cool. not a kind of like a head scratcher, but it's like, do you guys have any idea why they didn't put Juan in the whole game after his game in Memphis? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I think I was saying this earlier. I think Damian Lee, they kind of treat Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson kind of just like they're like, spe- like lefty specialists, right? Like, like reliever specialists in baseball where I just, I just feel like they think that in certain matchups, they can't play those guys or only in emergency. Will they play those? Shout guys. out Jeremy. I felt. Yeah. Like, or, uh, like the thing with that felt is like, he could have freaking, he could have pitched against lefties and righties. Like Javi Lopez, you remember him, right? Like lefties, it's just unstoppable. He was like a, like a, oh, like a ridiculous batting average against for, for Javi. And like, I don't, I don't think that's fair to those guys. Like, I don't think that's fair to Damian Lee. I think he should play more. He's not a specialist. Like, I think they kind of feel like he's a designated shooter kind of guy. And he's more than that. Um, like, I think he's earned more minutes, you know, kind of than, than Ken Baysmore, to be example, for or to uh, to be, you know, right. And I think Juan Toscano Anderson has shown more, too. Eric Pascal got benched tonight, I think is fair because Eric Pascal has not shown that he can actually play basketball. Um, outside of like maybe a small ball five. And uh, he got benched. And I think he should be. Um, and I think that that's kind of not fair to those guys. Like those guys are good enough to play. Lee and, and Juan are, are definitely should be in the rotation. Um, and uh, and I think that's a fair question. I agree with you. I, I would like to see. I mean, Damian Lee's just solid. Like he, he is. I yeah. feel like the biggest problem is like you know he, there's no like he's not going to turn into Clay Thompson, but he's also not going to turn into uh, trying to run through like Kai Bowman or like any number of these guys who are just kind of out of. Forgot about, like, shout, shout out our guy Wow. Well, shout out. Where is he? I don't even know where he is. John, what is up? What is up, guys? Uh, I like seeing those uh, Wiseman development minutes, especially late in the game, even though they were god awful. Um, the guy needs to get more time, right? Everyone's like, "Hey, why isn't he developing? Why isn't he doing anything?" Well, if you don't give him any time anywhere, 
He didn't get to go to the G League like Jordan Poole did, right? He didn't get any extra time to do anything. I know we're all making excuses for him, but it's like, hey, why isn't he instantly better? Well, because we don't give him any time to get instantly better. Like, what the, the hell is wrong with people's expectations here? Like, what the hell? Right? He actually had a decent game. People around here, this guy sucks. It's like, yeah, he's not like a superstar. Get it? Right? He's the number two pick. We think he should be a superstar. Got it. Right? But you don't even give him a chance to grow and develop. How, how do you even know what you have? Right? It just it, it, People confound me sometimes. Great point. I do agree with you. Appreciate you, John, for coming on. That's a great point. I I was just excited to see him get an opportunity to play through it. Like I knew he yep. was going to make mistakes, but we haven't even had to see him um, get that opportunity. All right, let's, uh, Andy, a couple more? Yeah, a couple more. A uh, couple more. Let's get out of here. All right, I'm glad you guys let me follow up from that last guy. I have a totally different opinion. I think we got to trade Wiseman tomorrow. <laughs> And I, I agree. Like, he's young. He's 19. He's got to play through it. But the thing is, if you what – I, what I see is, like, I look at the Suns. If you look at the Suns this year, what's the big change they made? They closed with Saric over Aiden. Aiden's great, but at the end of the game, they play Saric, and that's what they do during winning time. And we can't, we can't wait three years for Wiseman to – developed to what Aiden is today, which is just an average defender that still gets benched in the last five minutes. So that's my opinion. I think we got to trade Wiseman. I agree with you conceptually that they need to make a decision on their timeline. This whole, like, we're going to develop for, we're going to win now and develop for the future. Um, Well, yeah, everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to compete for titles and also have, uh, Zion and whoever on their bench coming off. That's not how life works. So they do need to make that decision. Yeah. And I agree. Like, I, I say we keep the mini pick. I think, you know, if we get Suggs or who Jalen Johnson, whoever, that's great. But we can't wait on a big when you can pick up Andre Drummond, who's well, going to get dropped for nothing, you know, or Clint Capella, who we could have gone instead of Ubre. That's the same contract size. We could have gone. Capella easily. Well, and I, and I, I think that is that is a good point. Appreciate appreciate you, Jason. Yeah, yeah. No, Sorry. that's that that is, and that was one of the first things when when kind of draft season started that I said was, you can get a dime a dozen big. I got enamored with kind of James Wiseman's size and athleticism and kind of shooting, and I said, well, shit, if you're gonna pick a guy out of this draft, pick that guy, right? And I think that's what happened with the Warriors. Um, but it's true. Like what he's saying is true. Like will we have, would we be having this conversation if they pick Anthony Edwards? I don't, I don't know. Definitely not if they got LaMelo Ball, right? But, like, what if it was Anthony Edwards? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what if they got Tyrese Halliburton? You know what I mean? Who knows? But, uh, all right. That's true. Last question. All right. Juwan. All right. Here we go. Juwan, you there? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Sir. I'm glad what's I'm up, the, oh, man? I'm glad I'm the last person. We can, I can be a positive Pam to, to end the, the <laughs> questions off. Uh, my only comment is, you know, after watching last year's game and watching Jordan Poole play, you know, 50 games, I was ready to to run through a wall because it was just so unbearable, right? Um, and right. watching him play this year has kind of given me this sense of comfort in watching Wiseman struggle with the hope that, you know, as he gains reps, next year is going to be better, right? Like the lows are going to be low, but I feel like if we just ride it out, Next year, you know, he can he's not going to be an all star next year, but you can see the same improvement in his own way that Poole had. Um, but the the lows are going to be hard because we're a winning team. We want to win. But, you know, you have to ride it out. Not every rookie is going to be a, a contributor right away. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Andy. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think riding it. That's a that's a tough part. The patience is the hard part, uh, Juwan, right? Like it, it's the it's the. It's that you got to look forward to next season, but then Clay will be coming back. He's playing like 15 <laughs> minutes. He's already like, he literally said, I'm going to play 18 minutes when I come back. And that's kind of rare for a basketball player mm-hmm. to come, like an athlete, professional athlete to come back and say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not going to be like, and he's right. But like most people say like, all right, I'm going to be back out and running. The honesty, the honesty. It's, the, it, it's yeah. just like, it's just, so it's, it though, I think the waiting is hard. I think that's what's happening this season for Warriors fans. I think it's just the waiting is hard, right? You could tell everyone that, Hey, next season they got all this, but like, dude, you gotta live through it. Like, you know, if you're Steve Kerr 
know, mm-hmm. you're getting paid however much. You're chilling. You got 18 rings, right? Like, he's not probably not really that worried, like, that the team is losing. Um, but but you talk, like, with fans, like, they kind of live and die with every game, man. Like, that's just how it is. Like, even more so with stuff like football. And, and I think that's where the pain comes in because, it's like, everybody's sitting here watching games together. It's a fucking pandemic. And, it, and it's... And I just want to tie that last point in before we get out of here. It's that's what's one of the most annoying things about Steve Kerr. It's not that he's right or wrong. It's that there's just so little connection with the fan base where it's like, that's not what this season's about. Well, we're doing this. And it's like, dude, you're asking people to suspend their time and their money watching the game. A lie, maybe like lie a little bit. Just like, I just, just say you want to win. Like, I, I don't know. It's not that complicated. Like, Andy and I are on locker room at 11 p.m. every night that the Warriors play. It's not that hard to just feign interest in the moment instead of trying to be the smartest guy in the room at all times. And then, Absolutely. So we ended. Would, the la- we'll one be, thing I we'll be back for the trade deadline. Is, uh, I, oh, I missed it. <laughs> I, I just want to say I, I'm a Minnesota fan. I grew up a Minnesota fan. Zach Levine's rookie year mm-hmm. was – probably five times worse than pools was and we <laughs> wanted him all gone and then he turned into a gym rat right so i just want warrior fans just to you know have some huh. patience it's tough see the positives and you know just ride ride it out appreciate you guys thanks that's a lot a hell of, that's a hell of a point it's a hell of a point though right like that's what ethan was saying about bradley beal like dude it took bradley beal four plus years to become who he was not to say jordan pool is going to be levine or beal but same goes for Wiseman, right? Four years from now, he becomes Anthony Davis, Sam. Absolutely. So, Jim Poole, Nico Mannion, James Wiseman, future title, Steph off the bench. We'll be back. Now, appreciate you all. Uh, we'll be back Thursday night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.